0: Hey!
1: Sit to me my-
2: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. How are all of God's blessed and highly favored people doing this morning? We are all well in Jesus name. Amen. Right. Say it with me. I am well in Jesus name. Because if you don't say it, you won't believe it. I am well in Jesus' name. Let's say that one more time. I am well in Jesus' name. And when you say it, say it with conviction. Say it that you know that you know that you know that you're well in Jesus' name. Not, oh, well, I think I'm well in Jesus' name. No. Shout it out. Shout it out. I am well in Jesus' name. And you have to remember you have to speak goodness into your life. You have to speak contentment into your life. Whatever it is that you're seeking to have, you have to speak it into your life. You don't have to wait for someone to speak it over you. You could speak it over yourself. And I've become intentional with what I speak into my life. I think about it. I meditate on it. And I figure out how this thing or person or situation Enhances my life or hinders my life. Then I speak it over my life. Always keeping the focus, of course, in doing his will. Because, yes, my prayers are. Lord, in doing your will, I wish to have. And I know some of you are probably laughing, but if you don't make it known to him. How is he? Let let me. Let me correct my words because I don't want people saying, oh, she's saying that God doesn't know what we want unless we tell him. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is he says, speak it to him. Yes, he knows everything that we want. He knows everything about us, what we want, what we don't want, what we like, what we don't like, what we'll do, what we won't do. He knows it all, but he says he wants you to speak it to him. And I think a lot of times the reason why he wants you to speak it to him is because he wants to have that conversation with you. Point blank and simple. He wants to have that conversation with you. So if you're speaking to someone, you expect them to speak back to you, right? But if you're just like, "Mm, he knows my heart and just lets it sit in your heart, how is that a conversation? So when you speak it to him, then he can speak back to you. And he's going to speak back to you, not just on what you're talking about. It gives him then opportunity to speak up to you about other things he wants you to know. Right? So I want you guys to tell your friends about the show. If you feel that there's someone that you know would greatly benefit from hearing what the Lord has to say through me, Tell them to tune into Radio Free Brooklyn on Sunday mornings. Or direct them to the podcast. Tell them to follow me on Spotify, on Apple, or on my Radio Free Brooklyn's show page. But I had this conversation with the Lord earlier in the week. And you know what he told me? You know what I said to him. I said to him, maybe they don't
0: want, maybe they don't want people to know that they're listening to the show. And he responded to me because maybe it's
2: because they haven't come to the realization of who they are. And when you haven't come to the realization of who you are in Christ and you're not really sure if you want people to know what you're feeling concerning the gospel. Then you know what? You don't have to tell them. You don't have to tell them that it's you that's listening to the show. You could tell them that it's you heard it from a friend of a friend of a friend. You know how we want to take it all the way down the line. Oh, no, it's not me. It's for my friend of a friend of a cousin's friend. Mm Mm-hmm. However you get it out, get it out. Because you want to know something? you telling them about the show, you're fulfilling your great commission. Didn't he say go out into the world and spread the gospel? You telling someone about the show, you're fulfilling your commission to spread the gospel without having to start quoting scriptures
0: to people. Right? Just think about it. Just trying to help you in your great commission. And let me tell you something.
2: Knowing that you're light and that you can spread light is the most awakening revelation that you could ever step into. Because when you come to the awareness of who you are and why you're
0: here, you will never look at things the same again. You're free to be yourself. Freedom of not feeling hindered.
2: And that's the freedom that Jesus was talking about when he said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Because when you know the truth of why you're here, when you know the truth of why you were created, the truth of who you are, you're free to flow how you want. Because there's nothing holding you back because you know that you are a child of the Lord, the most high God, what
0: what can stop you? Nothing. So today, we're going to continue in our study with the notion of the day of the Lord. And we talked about that last week. And we started it last week with the study of the book of Joel. And if you recall, in that book, it was in that book that the Lord went and gave Joel a message to give to the people. And the reason why I was talking about with the freeing and knowing
2: who you are and being you who you are in him, because these messages that
0: God was sending to his people was actually telling them to do the same thing. Follow me. Be who you're supposed
2: to be in me. Stop being what you think everyone else wants you to be. Be who I created you to be. Because it was in that book that God promised that he would restore what the locust had eaten from the people. Now, we went into the whole thing about the locust, and if you missed that show, I think you need to go back and catch it. Because we went through all of what the locust meant, what it was bringing to the people, and why it was coming upon them. We talked about how the locust would wipe out the whole prosperity of a region. But God promised that he would restore them if they turned their hearts back to him. Remember, I said, he doesn't want you to rend your clothing because that means nothing. It's an outward show. He wants you to rend your heart. And in today's topic, we're going into the book of Amos, which is another one that's where God is telling them, stop putting on all these false acts for me, thinking that it's what I want you to do. Stop pretending that you're doing well with people and others
0: when you're not. Today, Amos, Amos, Amos. However, I don't know. However you
2: want to say it, Amos. I think his name is Amos. He was a prophet that was sent by God to warn the people of his coming and the consequences of their sin. Now the difference between Joel and Amos is that Joel didn't point out the specific sins of the people. Right? Remember I told you God didn't name the particular sins that they were committing when he was chastising them about their sins. But in Amos, he does. God not only points out the wrongdoings of his people, he points out the wrongdoings of the surrounding communities that they were were intermingling with. So God breaks it down. He breaks it down about the Moabites, how they were sinning, the Ammonites, how they were still sinning, the Philistines, how they were sinning. God was like, look, I'm telling all of you, whatever name you want to call yourself, whatever name you want to go under, all of you were sinners as far as I'm concerned.
0: None of you are doing the right thing. And when we think about it, the thing that I liked the most about this book when I read it again is Amos wasn't a prophet. Hmm. Amos was not a prophet, whereas the other ones, they
2: were prophets, and and God knew that he would use them to speak to the people. The people knew, oh, if this person was coming, yeah, we got a word of the Lord coming to us. But Amos wasn't a prophet. He was a sheep breeder. Interesting, right, that his vocation would be that he was a sheep breeder. God went to him, pulled him from his flock, and said, I want you to go to the northern kingdom and give this word to my people.
0: So God sends him to the northern kingdom to speak to his people. God sends a sheep breeder to speak to his flock. Because God looks at us as being sheep, right? Look at the parable that Jesus said about if one sheep is lost, he'll leave the, the
2: herdsman the herdsman will leave the 99 to go get the one. Why do you think they're always using sheep as an example? Why do you think God is always using sheep as an example of his people? Because sheep just follow blindly. And that's why he needs to direct us, direct. He needed to direct them in doing the right thing.
0: So here we have Amos, a sheep breeder, sent to speak to the people of God. And this also
2: shows me, when I was reading this, it brought back to mind that God could use anybody to get his word out. You don't have to be a deacon, a deaconess, a minister, a bishop, a this, a that. You could be a you opening your mouth, giving what thus saith the Lord if he puts it in your spirit to say. it. So, oh, because it came from the prophet,
0: that's what it is. No, it came from Amos, and it still was what it was. So Amos spoke to the people.
2: In a time we well, check this out. They were living high on the hog. They were living in abundance. They everything was prosperous. Everyone was doing well. And he brings this message to the people in the Northern Kingdom while they're living in all their opulence, right? Everything's right. My kids are in private school. I have a chauffeur picking me up to take me to the office. Oh, even better yet, we don't go to the office anymore. We work from home now. So since we're home all the time since the pandemic, we had an indoor pool you know, placed in the backyard because sometimes the children don't go to school. you know. So when I'm working from home, I like to have the pleasures of life right here with me at all times so I don't have to go out amongst the elements. And deal with those other people, you know, the people that can't afford to have pools in their home and their kids in private school, you know, those people that still have to take mass transit to get to work because they can't get an Uber to take them back and forth. No, I don't have to deal with those people. I can stay right here in the comforts of my home, my home that the Lord has blessed me with. Because here's the mindset. They were living as though they had received blessings from God. All that that they owned, all that where they lived, all the opulence and the palaces and the amount of flock that they had and the number of big trees that they plant. Oh, the Lord has blessed us. But God's message to them was just because you're doing well, does it mean that you're blessed if you're not following what I have for you to do? That was God's message to them. Don't think that I'm blessing you just for
0: the sake of blessing you.
2: You're being rebellious against
0: me. And just as quickly as I've blessed you, it could be taken away. So God saw their high living
2: as a rebellion because they continued to ignore those who were less fortunate than themselves. So Amos was sent to the people to tell them that the blessings you have are not just for your own consumption. You were blessed to be a blessing to others. And God, through Amos, points out the disdain for the inhumane treatment of the poor and the oppressed. So we're going to pick up the story in chapter two, because in chapter one, when I was telling you how he was telling everybody about themselves, that's when he's talking about all the surrounding areas and the people of Judah. He's pointing out to them what they're doing. So in chapter two, we pick it up and it starts in verse six. And I'm reading from the NIV version today, because I want you to get the clear understanding of what God is saying here. So we're starting with Amos chapter two, verse six to eight. This is what the Lord says. For three sins of Israel, even for four, I will not relent. They sell the innocent for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals. They trample on the heads of the poor as on the dust of the ground, and they deny justice to the oppressed. Father and son use the same girl and so profane my holy name. They lie down beside every altar on garments taken in pledge in the house of their God. They drink wine taken from fines. Now, when I break those scriptures down, what he was actually saying to them is they were just sinning all over the place. They were, they were committing social sins, talking about, If people couldn't pay their debt, if somebody owed them money, they were selling them into slavery. They were committing sexual
0: sins. You have father and son sleeping with the same girl and not thinking nothing of it. You
2: had spiritual sins. You had people in the places of worship laying down next to garments that they had taken from people who had pledged it because they couldn't pay their fines. So all this stuff was going on. All this stuff was going on in their time because everyone was committing sins on all levels of life. It just wasn't just one one set of people over this group of people. It was everybody doing everything all over the place. Everybody just cutting up. And they had all turned their hearts away from God. But God was trying to tell them if you truly love the Lord, you will love others as you love yourself. You wouldn't keep doing these things against one another because you would love each
0: other because you love yourself. So today, when we look at this and how we deal with one another,
2: it just I'm just going to take it here in America and let's even break it down to just here in New York City. We live in opulence in this country, right? For the most part, yes, there are people who don't have, but the people who don't have here still have more than the people who don't have in other places.
0: So when we look at how we live here and we look at how we're treating one another here, but yet we say we're blessed from the Lord. It would almost make you want to question,
2: is he blessing me because he's happy with what I'm doing, with what he's given me? Is there something more that I should be doing with what he's given me through this blessing? Am I truly following in the way that he wants me to follow? And that all just goes back to the structure of the alignment. I mean, he's been talking to us about the alignment from the beginning. From the beginning of the year, from last year, he's been preparing us. And preparing us, not to forget about the theme of both books, preparing us for the day of the Lord.
0: And the day of the Lord was when God was going to come back and right the wrongs. Right. So if you think about it, if he's giving
2: these people this warning, he's telling them, look, I see what you're doing. I see everything you're doing. I see how you're
0: carrying on and acting as though you are of me. But are you really of me? And because I don't
2: believe that you really are of me, this is what's going to come down on you. This is what I'm going to allow to happen. This is what I'm going to
0: create to happen. He was warning them. Get your act together. Same way as he's warning us every day.
2: Get your act. And it's such a simple act. And that's what makes this so when you read these stories and when you, when you actually think about the scriptures and think about the words that he's saying. Yes, when you read them, the first thing you could always say is, ah, oh, that was back then. But like I said last week, what did Solomon say? There is nothing new under the sun. People are people. Their hearts are still their hearts. They're going to act the same way here as if you plucked them up and placed them someplace else. That person is still going to be that person. What they think and feel is going to be what they think and feel. So if they were doing it back then, what makes you think they're not doing it now? Because if they got the message back then, perhaps they wouldn't be doing it now. Or we wouldn't be doing it. now. Let's just keep it as we. Because if I say they, it makes it seem like, oh, it's only them. And that's what we're so... We're so accustomed to always saying, oh, it's them, it's them, it's them. No, it's you.
0: It's you. It's you before it's them. Right? So when you really think about everything that God has been saying,
2: and he gives them a way out, God always gives you a way out. And that's the thing about him. He will come. He will chastise you. He will show
0: you your ways that won't make you look the best. But then he always lets you know what you can do. So we go to verse, we go to chapter
2: 5, starting with verse 14 all the way to 16. This is what the Lord says to Israel. Seek me and live. Do not seek Bethel. Do not go to Gilgal, do not journey to Bathsheba, for Gilgal will surely go into exile and Bethel will be reduced to nothing. Seek the Lord and live, or he will sweep through the tribes of Joseph like a fire. It will devour them and Bethel will have no one to quench it. There are those who turn justice into bitterness and cast righteousness to the ground. He who made the Palisades and Orion, who turns midnight into dawn and darkness day into night. Who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out over the face of the land. The Lord is his name. With a blinding flash, he destroys the stronghold and brings the the fortified city to ruin. There are those who hate the one who upholds justice in court and detest the one who tells the truth. You levy a straw tax on the poor and impose a tax on their grain, therefore Though you have built stone mansions, you will not live in them. Though you have planted lush vineyards, you will not drink their wine. For I know how many are your offenses and how great your sins. There are those who oppress the innocent and take bribes and, de- and deprive the poor of justice in the church, in the, in the court, excuse me. Therefore, The prudent keep quiet in such times, for the times are evil. Seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you, just as you say he is. Hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps the Lord God Almighty will have mercy on the
0: remnant of Joseph. Now, these are the words that Amos spoke to the people from God. And when you hear the Lord saying what he's saying, could he very well be speaking to us today?
2: Are we not living lavishly and ignoring the poor and the destitute? So that theme of the Lord, of God coming to intervene to bring about what he wants, It's real. And in the final days, God warned them that he was going to eliminate all his enemies. All his enemies. So think about it. An enemy of God is someone who's not doing what God wants them to do, right? So just like when Amos was telling them about the Moabites and the Philistines and the Ammonites, and then he went and he was telling the people about themselves, Is he now talking and pointing at us, saying everything that we're doing? Are
0: we enemies of the Lord?
2: It's time for us to take a music break. A
0: break. Ooh, (laughs) you have been
2: listening to What Would Kay Say Here on Radio Free Brooklyn? What Brooklyn Sounds Like.
3: And when my life seems a little off track, Shepherd me. You know every twist and turn that this life brings. When my heart beats a little too fast, come mercy. Shh, you got me.
1: So wonderful feeling now
2: Welcome back! Welcome back! Welcome back! You are listening to what would Kay say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, what Brooklyn sounds like. So, I'm going to attempt to do the music again. Last week, I gave you the wrong name of the song. Actually, I had two songs with the same name, but I gave I said the the artist of one of the songs, but then I changed my mind at the end and I played the other artist. So, last week. Closing song, Safe Place. It wasn't Hazu. Hey it was Lauren Milne. That's who sang that song, Safe Place, last week. I still haven't played Hazu hey yet. I don't know when I'll get to it. When the spirit tells me, I will. But for this week, we started out, of course, with Making Changes by Grace, and then we heard in our music break, You Got Me by Jonathan Trailer. Then we heard Serenity by Ray Ray. So. Now we're to the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. And of course in Op-Ed we're going to continue with the book of Amos because this is, a very important, this is a very important message that God is bringing to his people again
0: today. He loves you. He will always take care of you. He is always going to be there with you.
2: But there's certain things that he wants you to do. There's certain behaviors and attitudes that he wants you to stop doing. Right? It's just that simple. He's always telling us, this is what I want you to do, and just do it. We just heard, we just, when I read, I just read chapter 5 in Amos. And I read from 4 to 16. And like I said, I've been reading from the New International version, NIV. He was telling them, seek me and live. Don't do what this one's doing. Don't do what that one's doing. Don't go over here and follow this one. Don't go over here and listen to that one. Because all those people, they're not going to be able to save you. When I come for you, they're not going to be able to save you. He tells them, seek the Lord and live. Because he's going to sweep through the people that aren't paying attention to him like a fire and devour them. And I don't want this to sound like, oh, fire and brimstone raining down. No, it's just true facts. I'm not saying fire and brimstone to anybody. I'm just saying, you know, when you don't do something right, there's consequences. So if you if you know in the natural, let's just put it this way. And I can't make it any plainer for people to understand. So it doesn't sound like, oh, it's just quoting things from days of old and they're always in that book talking about this, that, and the other. What does that have to do with us now? I'm
0: going to break it down to you and show you how it has to do with you now. In the natural, which is your everyday
2: living, walking, touching, smelling, feeling, tasting, if you know that if you do something, there's always a consequence, be it good or bad. You do something, if there's an action, there's always a reaction, right? That's just the laws of chemistry, physics, all that stuff. If there's an action, there's going to be a reaction. Nothing is just done in and of itself and that, that's just where it ends. Nothing. You know that if you, let's just even make it even simpler,
0: If you say something to someone, there's going to be a reaction. If you say good morning to someone, they're either going to say good morning back to you or they're going to just
2: look at you and keep it moving. That's still a reaction. Even if they don't respond, it's a reaction. So if you know in the physical, if you touch a hot stove with your hand, that's an action. When you pull your hand back, that's a reaction. But then the consequence is you've got blisters on your hand. So there's an action, there's a reaction, and there's a consequence. Even in the physical, everything we do here, there's a reaction with every action that we do. So if you know it's possible in the physical, why is it so hard? hard for you to imagine that it's possible in the spiritual. So when God said to the people, this is what's going to happen to you if you're doing A, B, C, D, why do you not believe that it's going to happen to you if you continue to do A, B, C, D? Why? It may not happen right then and
0: there like the hot stove. It may not happen right then and there like the good morning. But it's going to happen. Because he's already said, no matter what he says,
2: it's going to come to pass. So that's why it's so important that when we hear these words, when God is speaking, to pay attention to them. Because like I said, he said, right, right? And this is what I, and this is how when I read this part, and that's why I took it out of the NIV. Because when I read this part, I was like, oh, that's today. There are those, I'm reading verse seven from chapter five. There are those who turn justice into bitterness and cast righteousness
0: to the ground. Are we not seeing that happening today? Are we not seeing that happening today? 11, you levy
2: a straw tax on the poor and impose tax on their grain. Are we not constantly talking about every time we look at our paycheck, more and more money is coming out of it and we're wondering where it's going? Do we not do that as we're working and we receive our our wages? Do we not look at it and be like, oh my gosh, New York State. Anyone that lives in New York definitely knows what I'm talking about. How many taxes do we have put on us? The federal government, okay, we know income tax. Federal government takes theirs. Then, of course, you have the Social Security and all that other stuff. They have their list. New York, you got New York State, you got New York City, and all these other New York things that's thrown up in there with the NY next to it. Where's all this money going? You got MTA. You got the MTA taxing you. You have the MTA taxing you out of your wages, and you might not even use public transportation. There's so many taxes. Oh, and speaking of that, just to throw this in, now the MTA is trying to say that they want to tax Netflix and Hulu and all streaming services now. They want to tax streaming services? Oh, why? Because I might be able to watch Netflix while I'm riding on the train? So if I'm watching Netflix while I'm riding on the train, then I should be taxed because you're allowing me to watch Netflix while I'm riding on the train. I don't know what the, I don't know how they're going to spin it, but the state is thinking about it to do this and it might just come in. So it might just come into law and you won't even know that it's come into law because I'm sure most of your streaming services, you pay them automatically. So you don't even look at a bill because all of us are doing paperless because there's just so much mail. There's just so much recycling we have to do. So if you're not looking at your bill, you just know that it went up, but you don't know why it went up. It's probably an MTA tax. That's just a little, you know, little warning of what I heard that they're thinking about doing. But going back to what God was saying through Amos. For I know how many are your offenses and how great your
0: sins. He's telling them. He already knows. So don't try to hide like I don't know what's happening. Don't try to hide like you don't
2: understand what's happening. Therefore, though you have built stone mansions, you will not live in them. Though you have planted lush vineyards, you will not drink their wine. Like I don't, it doesn't, God at this point, it doesn't matter to me how beautiful, how many bathrooms, how many bedrooms, how many squat how much square footage you have. You'll
0: never get to enjoy it. It's almost going to be like your prison. I don't care how many
2: fields of grapes you planted and you go to reap the harvest to make wine. It's going to be bitter. You're never going to get to drink it because I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you because you're not doing what I want you to do. So when I come in my day that I've been prophesying to you Forever, Because every time when you look through the other prophets and we're going to go through the other ones as well to hear what their stories were and what God was saying to the people. But if you just think about it, not only just through the prophets, but as Jesus came. Right, because when Jesus came, we didn't have the prophets anymore. We have what they have written. We had what God had spoken, but we didn't have prophets walking around when Jesus was here because he was here to tell the people. And the words out of his mouth were the same thing. Do the right thing. What's wrong with you? No, he didn't use those words. He used other words. But in today's language, it would have been, can you just do the right thing? Like, what is so hard about
0: just doing the right thing? He would have asked us the question. He would have. And what answer would we have? What answer would we have? Like when you had,
2: the, the, poor, the rich one that came to Jesus and said, oh, you know, I want to be with you. What do I have to do to be with you? And he said, sell everything. Get rid of all your, your money and then come to me. And the guy looked at him. he must be crazy. You know how long I worked for this? You know how much overtime I put in to make this money? You know how long it took me to buy that mansion on the seaside so I could close off the private beach just for me? You know, what?
0: You want me to do what? Same thing. Same thing. Back then they were still like, what? You want me to do what? But this is my blessing,
2: Lord. This is my blessing. But God is saying to them, is it really a blessing? If you're not following what I tell you to do with it. And he's saying the same thing to us today. Because we're saying, but this is my blessing,
0: Lord. This is my blessing. And he's saying, hmm, is it really a blessing? So, Don't just think that because we hear things of old that, oh, it doesn't
2: apply to us. But here's the saving part of the whole chapter, Here's of the whole book, actually, because Amos has nine chapters. So if Amos has nine chapters, let me tell you something. God was doing a lot of talking. He was doing a lot of breaking down, and he was doing a lot of letting people know how he felt about what they were doing. There was a whole lot of that going on if there's nine chapters. And in the ninth chapter, of course, God always makes a way where you can redeem yourself. Chapter 9, verse 11 to 15. In that day, we're talking about the day of the Lord, I will restore David's falling shelter. I will repair its broken walls and restore its ruins, and I will rebuild. And we build it as it used to be so that they may possess the remnant of Eden and all the nations that bear my name declares the Lord who will do these things. The days are coming declares the Lord when the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman and the planter by the one who by the one treading grapes. New vine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills. And I will bring my people Israel back from exile. They will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. They will plant vineyards and drink their wine. They will make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. So here it is, he's saying, everything that we do, God always promises to be with us and restore us if we come back to him and seek forgiveness. He's telling them, if you follow what I said for you to do, this is what I'm going to do. And when he's talking about gathering, it's all about bringing his people back to the land that he said he wanted them to have. So because they're scattered all over and they were scattered all over when they were taken over by the Babylonians. We're talking about when the remember after Solomon, the kingdoms were broken into two northern northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Then from there, they were taken over again by the Babylonians. And. There was another group that took them over, but they had scattered them everywhere. They're they're You know, God had allowed their enemies to come in and just scatter the scatter the people, take them as prisoners, do whatever you want to them. But in the end, God is telling them, when I come back, when I come back, this is what I'm going to do. But if you're caught on the wrong side, be it my people or not my people, this is what's going to happen to you. So he's giving them an out. God always gives us an out. And that's one thing we have to always remember too. When he tells us things, when he gives us the consequences of whatever actions it is that we might be committing, it's not like he's just saying, okay, that's it for you. Like when the judge brings down the gavel, (laughs) sentence, life in prison, no parole, solitary confinement, no food, no water, no yard time. That's not what God does.
0: He says, I see what you're doing. I hear the people rumbling.
2: I'm watching everything you do, and I hear how you're trying to disguise it, that, oh, I can do this because I'm blessed. Where no, that's not what I want you to do. That's not what I told you to do. That's not what I have been teaching you to do from the beginning. But I'm still giving you a way out. Although I told you this is what I'm going to do to you if you don't change your ways, there's still time for you to change your ways. And if you change your ways, these are the promises that I give to you that you'll have. So even in him telling us what's going to happen if we don't change our ways, he still promises
0: us to take care of us when we do. I can't think of anything better than that. God always promises that he'll be with us and restore us if we come back to him and seek forgiveness. So this lets me know there's always hope and there's always a way.
2: And with that, I end up ed. The word of the month, this is the last Sunday of the month. Woohoo! Can you believe it? We're leaving March. We just got in March. We're leaving March. Next month is April. Next week is April. So the last month, the last day of the month is not the last month. The last day of this month, our word is still subterfuge, which was quite fitting for this month with all the deceit going on for everybody to have their own personal gains, right? Our promise for this week is going to be Coming from 1 John 1 and 9. Now, this is coming from the New King James Version. Everything I read earlier was coming from NIV. This is coming from New King James, New King James Version. John 1, 1 John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness something to ponder on for this week if we confess our sins that means stop even pretending to yourself that everything's all good right even when you know it's not stop convincing yourself that everything you're doing is right even when you know it's not because that's a hard that's a hard conversation to have with yourself some people some people say it's easy oh I don't even think about it Oh, I don't even think about it. They think about it. They think about it. They might not think about it right there in front of their face all the time, but they think about it. Because when everyone is by themselves, you know, when you have that little bit of quiet time, and that's why some people can't sit still, because they don't want to be quiet with themselves. They don't want to be alone with their own thoughts, because their own thoughts would drive them crazy. Because then they think about everything. That's why some people don't want to think about their childhood. They don't want to think about what they did yesterday. They just want to live in the moment, live in the moment. And there's nothing wrong with living in the moment or being present in the time where you are. There's nothing wrong with that. But if your presence is a lie, how could you live in that? Is it easy for you to live in that? If you living in the moment is you, is, The fact that you're actually living in a lie, is that comforting to you? I just want you to think about these things. And when I pose these questions, I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm not even saying that what I'm saying is true when I'm speaking my own words. When God speaks, yeah, it is true. But I'm just saying when I put these questions to you, I I don't know the answers to them. Only you know the answers to them. Only you will know the answer
0: when you think about the question. Just think about the question. Living in the moment,
2: being present in everything that you do, is your presence actually truth, Or is it a lie? So now you've got to keep living in the moment of this lie. How comfortable is that for you? to live in the moment of a lie. Look, God gives you a way out. God gives us all a way out. He lets us decide our own fate. He actually lets you decide your own fate. You can do what he said. Seek, he said, seek the Lord and live. He said it, seek me and live. So obviously, to me, the opposite of that is if don't seek me and die, right? I mean, it only makes sense if he says, seek me and live. Then if you don't seek me, you're going to die. But you still have a choice. You still have a choice. You can either seek him or not seek him. All right, I've said enough. I know you probably like, would she get out of my backyard already? Okay, I'm going to leave you guys alone. I'm not going to talk about this anymore this week, but I don't know what I might talk about next week because if he feels that you need to have it again, you know, he's going to have me bring it to you again. But until then, I say everyone have a blessed Sunday. Everyone enjoy yourself. Have a blessed week. Remember, speak words of wisdom and knowledge and loving over your own life. And we're going to end with today's song from S. It's called Essay from Called Out Music. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: What shall I render? Tell me what can I offer to you? How can I say that I'm grateful? Oh yeah, I have a father who will never ever fail me. No. He never sleeps us longer. You never fall my hand. Yeah. You have been closer than a friend. Oh, oh, oh. And this your love will never end. So I come to say all you Give you my heart and affection I'll Give you my love and devotion I'll never cease to worship you, my God So I've come to give my offering Many blessings fall on me Every step of the way I have felt your presence, oh boy You have been closer than a friend, oh boy And this your love will never end So I've come